Welcome to the Unitarian Church of Edmonton's Sunday service today. Everyone is welcome. UCE is a welcoming congregation. This means our community is open to all without regard to race, gender, sexual orientation, age, or income. You are welcome here. The Unitarian Church of Edmonton gathers with gratitude on Treaty 6 lands. May we walk these lands with wonder and forever keep the flow of the river in our souls. Please light your chalice at home if you have one. And now listen to the prelude, She's Like the Swallow, a Newfoundland folk song. Now is our time to share our abundance. The Unitarian Church of Edmonton is a self-governing and self-supporting community. We rely on your donations to support staff and programs. During this unprecedented time, we need your financial support more than ever to maintain the connections with members and family. This month, we are sharing our abundance with the YES program, which is Youth Empowerment and Support Services. Edmonton has been providing support programs, housing and resources to youth who are lost, abandoned, without a place to turn for over 35 years. With 60,000 meals 
served annually to this high needs group. We appreciate any donation that you give us. Thank you. Now for a song about connection from Kermit. We'll try our best at this one. <laughs> There's so many songs about rainbows And what's on the other side Rainbows are visions But only illusions And rainbows have nothing to hide So we've been told And some choose to believe it I know they're wrong, wait and see Someday we'll find it The rainbow connection The lovers, the dreamers, and me All of us under its spell We know that it's probably approach of equality with nature and a lack of hierarchy with all life is reflected in this quote from Douglas Cardinal, a Canadian architect who is well known around the world. Quote, I have found that by placing the needs of the human being before the needs of the system that modern man has created, we can ensure that man is served by these systems rather than become a slave to them.
These words that I'm going to read now were written by Pauline Atwood specifically for this service. We've lived these months in our homes where in our own way we've carved out our individual version of social justice. It may be honoring those we live with because of or despite of closer contact. It may be finding moments of renewed appreciation for art on our walls or trips to virtual museums or watching the tulips in our garden grow. It may be garnered through pursuing limitless library books, finding the rooms within our home where we feel important, feeling a sense of community when we are out walking. All can be wrapped within our own personal layers of equality, of race, gender, class, ability. One day, when we crawl out of our cave squinting, Initially, we will seek the world we lost. Quickly, that will dissipate into reality as we realize that the environment for social justice that was built to the best of our ability within the circumstances available to us and flawed as it was, has now turned into a stepping stone of possibility. This time of transition enables us to shape the next level of a just society within the cloak of physical distancing. Now, before I start the homily, I would like to have a community question. We won't go into breakout rooms, we'll just use the chat option. The question I have is where is this place that you feel the most inspired or the most comfortable? This can be in either a private or a public space. While you're writing and thinking about where your places are, I'll maybe give you a couple of examples to help you think about your own. Recently, I have been walking with Susan Rattan, keeping our social distance, of course, at Gold Bar Park. It is like I newly discovered this park, very close to where I live at home. I love how the trees and valleys protect us from the wind and watching the spring unfold since March has been wonderful. Another place and time for me is reading on my sofa with my new puppy, Nitty, sleeping on my chest. I love how reading words well-written can transcend me. So please enjoy for a little bit places, thinking about places that you feel inspired or comfortable or just love to be there. Thank you all so much for putting in and sharing the places that you enjoy so much to be. How can design promote social justice? First of all, I'm using the term design and designers to include all architects, urban planners, landscape designers, and interior designers. Designers can promote social justice because first, spaces can honor its user, and secondly, the design of space affects the way people interact with each other. Designing for justice is to provide a built environment that honors all the users of the space. It can create an experience where everyone can see their identity and story within the environment. 
where one feels connected to the surroundings. A just environment makes you feel valued, regardless of race, gender, class, ability, sexual orientation, or religion. The designer uses activities and tools to help future occupants articulate their needs and visions. Solutions coming from the occupants have far more truth because their experience is the reality. This approach of including end users in the design process is not new, but what is new is to include marginalized populations or minorities. By listening to their stories, using materials that are inherent to them, and incorporating other elements, designers can make environments that are relatable, approachable, and usable for all people. Tools that designers use to make this happen are creativity, expertise of interior and interior materials, knowledge of environmental factors, and much, much more. If there is a social justice intention in this process, all stories and identities can be visible in the built environment. Spirituality can be significant or different than the dominant culture. Incorporating a safe spiritual practice, place to pray, meditate, smudge, or worship any way one wants is a way to honor any spiritual practice. Indigenous history could be reflected in using prairie wool or grass in outdoor landscaping. Prairie wool is the original prairie grass that is a dense nutritional crop for the buffalo. Incorporating symbols like we've done in our banners is also a way to show value to other religions. These examples are just some ideas to show how minority cultures and religions can be incorporated into the dominant culture. My awareness of a social infrastructure started from my father talking about how Canada is so special to have a good public education system that exposes children to people from all over the world. Coming from a British East Indian class society, he saw our system with fresh eyes. I also noticed when working on a kibbutz, a place with a strong social infrastructure, the children with divorced parents had very little adjustment to make in their lives after their parents divorced. There were no financial hardships, no school or home relocations, and no social isolation. Then when I was home with small children, I tapped into the social infrastructure of libraries, babysitting co-ops, museums, and parks. Friendships made at these places became lifelong friends. When I went back into the workforce, my most satisfying work was designing gathering places in hospitals, offices, art galleries, and even outdoor playgrounds. Social infrastructure places are where people can gather and linger and create bonds across cultural, political, race, religion, or other boundaries. Places where people deal with differences and diversities. These interactions challenge stereotypes about group identity. Places like libraries, public schools, recreation centers, community parks, places of faith, and more. These spaces are free and used by all members of society. The design of these spaces can affect the way people interact with each other. Placing of seating, arrangements of activities, adjacencies, 
and using other architectural elements can be integrated to support the occupants to be more social. Libraries are a crucial part of social infrastructure. I recently read the book, Palaces for the People, about social infrastructure. Carnegie coined the term Palaces for the People when he provided funds to build libraries across North America, including our old Strathcona Library in Edmonton and the Memorial Library in Calgary. He wanted the common person to experience great architecture of the day while accessing knowledge. The Edmonton Public Library has been a winner of the best library in Canada. They hire social workers to help marginalized people who visit the library, and they have a multitude of programs to engage the community, break down barriers, and help people improve their lives through knowledge. Community leagues are another part of a strong social infrastructure. We can be proud of Edmonton's long history of community leagues. In 1917, they formed the first community league in Crestwood. The city also recognizes the importance of them by providing financial support, including a recent program called Abundant Communities. Part of that was a Get Neighboring program that supported activities, including block parties, which we can't do right now, but at least they initiated it. They realized that crime is reduced, people feel safer, and communities are healthier in many ways when neighbors know each other. I would be remiss in not mentioning community musical organizations. As an example, our Coriolis gives us a communal joy and friendship way beyond our singing together. We live in a city that has a multitude of choirs and community bands for people to join and even learn as an adult beginner. A healthy social infrastructure is a major contributing factor in Canada. I think, to us largely succeeding in a multicultural society. All of our new immigrants can access public education, public health care, free libraries and parks. And you see so many new immigrants in parks using these facilities. Social infrastructure can also save lives. After a heat wave in 1995 in Chicago, when 700 people died, they analyzed which districts had the highest death toll. Some of their findings were a surprise. They discovered that the districts that had the fewest deaths were the ones that had the strongest social infrastructure. People in these districts forged bonds with people, and those connections saved lives. Having a social infrastructure made more of a difference than socioeconomics. I think there are communities in Edmonton, like 118th Avenue, that incorporate many social infrastructure elements, especially in the arts. An excellent book that I just finished reading called The Little Yellow House gives a very hopeful case to stay and raise families in this community. There is research being done that establishes a connection between the strength of the community and the ability to withstand opioid abuse. This reminds me of the rat experiment with initial results showing rats choosing heroin over food in a cage. The next experiment included a rat in a rat heaven environment with rat friends, and there were very few rats that chose the heroin over food. The online community is another platform for people to forge bonds and create communities. 
These communities also cross boundaries and are almost limitless in scope and specializations. These virtual communities work much like our community centers and clubs that worked in previous generation. It is a new social infrastructure. Climate change can be mitigated by a strong social infrastructure. There is an emerging field of practice that links climate science, social science, urban planning, engineering, and design professionals that come up with innovative solutions to climate change. One project that resulted in this collaboration was a flood management project in Rotterdam. They decided to let water in and flow into newly built canals. They then built deep basins that could hold excess of water and they were used as sports ports and skating areas during non-flooding times. These facilities contributed to their social infrastructure. In Bangladesh, where flooding occurs often, they designed floating infrastructure. That is, their schools and hospitals were built on boats. This greatly reduced mortality during floods and created a stable physical infrastructure and a social infrastructure as well. The concept of combining fields of study will most likely result in more successful projects taking into account physical realities and social nature. Climate change has so many facets for compliance that I like the idea of collaboration from different disciplines looking at the complex nature of compliance with behavioral changes that need to occur. Our inherent short-sightedness, self-interest, and more counterproductive human nature attributes need to be addressed in solving the climate change problem, not just scientific evidence. Luckily, we have many more human nature traits that are positive. One is to bond with each other. We have familial bonds, but equally important are the bonds we create in the outside world. Tribalism is what happens when we only create familial bonds. When we create bonds outside of our family, we are more willing to seek solutions to bigger picture problems. In closing, the environments you work, play, worship, or gathering can be designed to contribute to improving lives for all people, with everyone being valued and honored as individuals. The friendships and professional collaborations forming from meetings at these gatherings, places enrich our lives and could be our saving grace during times of need or crisis.
when I taught piano, there would be moments when the student played and they would transcend their technical focus. I called it a truly sublime moment. I also think that when places are designed to bring people together and they bond, truly sublime moments can happen with this synergy of people and place. We are missing this synergy now, but I hope you can appreciate it better now and create your own truly sublime moment within our existing limitations today. I'd also like to add that there were so many places that people put in as their most wonderful places to be as in outdoor environments. And I think with us experiencing interior isolation, we are really taking advantage of all the parks in the outdoor areas that we have luckily to be able to access. The chalice is now extinguished, but it light lives on in the minds and hearts and souls of each of you. Carry that flame with you as you leave this place and share it with those you love, with those you know, and most especially with those you have yet to meet. Please carry the flame of peace and love and let us sing the song. I'd like to thank you for joining us on this journey at UCE and listening to the homily here and participating in our Zoom experience with our services these days.